Greetings, this is Terry Whitfield, a.k.a. Yasha Ben Israel for the Terry Whitfield, Yasha Ben Israel podcast show. Live one more time. Thanks to Anchor and Spotify. Yeah, yeah. This is the place where we prance through the fog, just to glance through the smog. The place where we talk about things that people don't like to talk about and things that they don't want you to know. And usually those things embark upon intellect. You've always heard, never talk about religion and politics. For truly those are the things that they don't want you to know. And the subject that I'm talking about today, somewhere between religion and politics, are the people who don't want you to know, largely because they don't know. Today's topic of discussion is the sons of God, the Benai Elohim. What does that mean? Who are the sons of God? What are the sons of God? Who are the sons of God? What does the sons of God mean? What does the Hebrew words Ben Elohim mean? Ben Elohim. Well, today I'm not gonna only tell you who and what the sons of Elohim, the sons of God, means. I'm also gonna tell you who the sons of God, Bena Elohim, Habena Elohim, or 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 Habenai Haben Elohim. I've seen it written that way as well. In the Tanakh, which is the Hebrew Bible, written in Hebrew, the chapter one, verse twenty-six of the book of Birashit which is Genesis. Genesis 1.26, Birashit 1.26. And it reads, And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and they shall rule over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the heavens, and over the animals, and over all the earth and over all the creeping things that creepeth upon the earth. I like to focus on the first part of that where it says, and God said, let us make man in our likeness and our image. Let us make man in our image and our likeness. In Hebrew, that would be, Wayilma Elohim and Neose Adam. Bezolmenu, Kid Mutinu. Looking at the word Neose, Neose do not mean let us. Wayil my Elohim means, and he said Elohim, or, and God said, Neose Adam. 
What it does not mean is let us make Adam. Neo say Adam. Neo say Adam does not mean let us make man. It means we will make man. The word Osei means to do or to make. So, Elohim Adam means, and the Elohim said, We will make man. So the scripture originally reads that we will make man in our likeness and our image. That's futuristic tense. When you place the noon, which is the end, in front of a verb, it indicates the first person plural future tense, as in we will. So he said that we will make man. The Elohim is saying we will make man. So as one can see here, our very makeup, our very likeness, our very image is fashioned after the Elohim. We are the replicas of the Elohim on this earth and in this universe. We was cut out and fashioned in his likeness and in his image. These are more than just words. This is an important key to understand. And when you can understand this, then you can begin to start to grasp the concept of what the sons of God is. For the word of being means sons, but it also means to build. So the son of God is the man that was built by God. And that man in Hebrew is Adam, which means the first man, and it also means humanity or the human race. And, and, and it is not distinct to the word man itself because the Hebrew word for singular man is Ish. And the singular woman is Isha or Aish and Aisha. Notice the Hebrew word Aish or Aisha. Uh, Aisha or Aisha is the uh, uh, is the same word that many African American females call themselves and are named. They are named Aisha. Or Isha, for short. I remember a song out back in the day, Aisha. <laughs> but getting back to the point, I came across something interesting, and I'm going to try to read it pretty fast, from Kabad.org. It's, it's an article that reads, Who was God addressing when he said, Let us create man in our image? Who is God talking? 
2 when he said, let us create man in our image. If God is the one and only, why does he refer to himself in plural form? Answer. Great question. In fact, the biblical commentator Rashi, Rabbi Shalomo Yitzchak, in 1040 to 1105 AD, asked the same question in his commentary to the verse Genesis 1-6, where uh, uh, here is his explanation, which is based on mis, uh, Midrashic sources. Although the angels did not assist him in his creation, and there, notice he said, although the angels did not assist him in his creation, and there is an opportunity for the heretics to rebel, to misconstrue the plural as a basis for their heresies. Scripture did not hesitate to teach proper conduct in the trait of humanity that a great person should consult with and receive permission from a smaller one. Had it been written, I shall make man, we would not have learnt that we have, that we were speaking with his, that he was speaking with his tribunal. Excuse me, let me read that again. He said, I, sh I shall make man. But he was speaking to himself. So, what he's saying is that it if it had been written, I shall make man, we would have not have learned that he was speaking with his tri tribunal, but to himself. And the refutation to the heretics is written alongside it in the following verses and God created and it does not say and they created God was teaching us a great lesson and proper decision-making protocol he did this at the risk of people misconstruing the verse to mean that he had help alternatively you may like what Nachmanides, Rabbi Moses ben Nachman, 1195-1270 AD suggests. He said that God was referring to the earth from which man was actually formed. And we see, in, as we see in the next chapter, in chapter uh, 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 7, And the Lord formed man from the dust of the ground. And he breathed Nashima into the nostrils, the soul of life, and man became a living soul. Just to make things interesting, let me throw another interpretation. Ibn Ezra, Rabbi Abrahim bin Meir Ibn Ezra, 1089-1164 A.D opines that God wasn't really referring to anybody. Rather, he was employing majestic plural, which is called pluralis majest, majestitis. Pluralis majestitis. 
Wow. You learn something new every day, people. So, as many have been saying that God was employing majestic uh, 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 plural, which is called pluralis majestatis. I'll get back with that in a minute, but I want to look at what Nachman has said. And he was saying that God was referring to the earth when he said that. And that is the reality and the stance in which I take. I don't stand on the majestic plural as much as I stand on the we, the plurality that he was speaking of was you have to think of what he created. He created the earth and everything in it. So who was he talking to? We know by looking at our composition. When we look at our composition, we'd have to we'd have to say that we are the composition of that which we were made from. And we were made from the word of God. We were made by Elohim from the earth. And we can read that in chapter 7. The earth is three-fourths water, one part mass. We three-fourths water, one part mass. Or one-fourth, that is. The earth have vitamins, minerals, nutrients, iron, zinc, potassium. You know, all of that water. And we have all of that. So it's evident that we are made in the likeness and the image of the earth. We're living and breathing. The earth is a living, breathing being. So we can see that we are the product and the material of the earth from which we was made in Genesis chapter 7. And we was made in the image. We was cut out and carved and fashioned. After the Elohim, meaning the Elohim looked just like us. Important. The pluralis majestatis is the royal we. The royal re, the majestic plural, or the royal plural. It, it is the use of a plural pronoun used by a single person who is a monarch, who is a monarch, or holds a high office to refer to themselves. Mm. A more general term for the use of a we, us, or our to prefer to oneself is no system. So, who is the Co a cooperative being involved in our creation that the Elohim was talking to. He was talking to the earth. And we are the byproduct of Father Abba Elohim, Abba Yahuwah, and Mother Earth. Father God, Mother Earth, the child, boom, Adam, the product, boom, Adam, made in the likeness and the image 
of both mothers, earth and father God, father Yahweh Elohim. Again, that is key, and we must hold on to that thought because it is very, 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 very crucial. It's crucial to understand that we are the representative, the replicas of Mother God and Father Earth. Now getting on past chapter 2 and uh, chapter 3, heading on over to chapter 4, when we talks about the, the bloodline of Adam, and we, we, we uh, 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 in, in the bloodline of Adam, you had, well, from chapter 2 and 3, you'll see uh, the stories of, of Adam as he gave birth to Cain and Abel. Cain slew Abel and Cain continued to produce a bloodline. Cain had his own children, okay, which was Tubal Cain and Enoch. There was two Enochs, one in the line of Seth and one in the line of Cain. And Cain's lineage was in the previous chapters. In chapter 4, we're talking about the lineage of Seth and how when the Most High allowed Adam to impregnate Eve, she was glad to have a child, another son, to replace her son that was killed by the name of Abel. So Cain kills Abel in chapter 4. And Cain, and starting at, at, at 17, it says, And Cain knew his wife, and she conceived and bare Enoch. And he was, and he was building a city, and he called the city after the name of his son. And I... And Irit was born unto Enoch, and Irit begat Mahujael, and Mahijael begat Mathushael, and Mathushael begat Lamach, and Lamach himself, Lamach took to himself two wives, one named Ada, and the other one was Zillah. Now Ada bore Jabal, and he was the father of those who dwelt in the tents and have cattle, and his brother's name was Jubal. And his father's name, excuse me, and his brother's name was Jubal. He was the father of all who grasped the lyre and the flute. And Zillah, she too bore Tubal-Cain, who sharpened all the tools that cut copper and iron. And Tubal-Cain's sister was uh, Naamah. Now Lamak said to his wives, Ada and Zillah, hearken to my voice. Wives of Lamach, incline your ears to my words, for I have slain a man by wounding him. He's talking about his brother. And a child by bruising him. Which means that he killed his brother, Abel, and Abel was not able to birth forth children. Okay? And Cain shall be avenged sevenfold. Then for Lamach, it shall be seventy-sevenfold. 
And Adam knew his wife again, and she bore a son, and she named him Seth. For God had given me another seed instead of Abel, for Cain slew him. Focus on verse 26 here. It says, And to Seth also, to him a son was born. And he named his son Enosh. Then it became common to call by the name of the Lord. Then it became common to call by the name of the Lord. Then it became common to call by the name of the Lord. Now let's break this down in Hebrew. In Hebrew it reads, Waleshet Gamhua Yalad Bin, which means, and to Seth, uh, he had bore a son. Wayakora At Shemu, Wayakora At Shemu, that means. And he called his name Enosh. And he named his son Enosh. Here's the part I want you to focus on. These one, two, three, four, five words here. And it says, At Hukal Lakara. Bashim Yahawa At Hokal Lakara Bashim Yahawa. Now let's break down this At Hokal Lakara Bashim Yahawa. What that really means. The word Oz mean at that time. The word Hukal means applied. So we have and then or at that point or at then they applied. Lakara means to call. Bahashim or Bashim means in name. In the name they begin to call. Yahuwah. This is the very first time Yahuwah is mentioned in the scripture. A lot of people think that Moses was the first one that the name was applied to. But as we see here, Kahul, the name was first applied to Seth, to the children of Seth. Hukul applied. Applied to Seth. How do you come to this conclusion? So we see Lakara. La means to. The word Kara means to call, to call out, to recite, to read as in Mikara. Mikara is to read, to cry out, and to proclaim. That's the call form of the verb. The nifal form of the verb means to call oneself. 
to be called, be proclaimed. Okay, that's the nifar form. To call oneself in the nifar form. Notice that the word nifar is the singular of nephilim. Okay. In the nifar form, it means to call oneself. So, lakara means to call oneself. By shim in the name, in name. Because ha ain't there. Bahashim is in the name. But it says Bashim. He began to kora. To call oneself in the Nephal form. He began to call oneself Bashim in the name of Yahweh. In name of Yahweh. Same thing. He began to call himself in name of Yahweh. You can get this from the Bible, stu- excuse me, the Bible studies tools and the Old Testament Hebrew lexicon of the Strong's Concordance. And where the uh, 1B in the Nafal form Kora means to call oneself. To be called, proclaimed, to be summoned, to be named. To be read aloud. To be called, to be named in the the Puel form. Definition 1C. To be called, to be named, to be called out. To be chosen in name Yahweh. So, reading that again in Hebrew to give you a flow of how it goes, it says Waleshet, meaning to set, get a gamhua, yalad. Bin Wayekara At Shemu Enosh At Hukad Lekara Bashim Yahuwah. That means, and to self, he was born a son, and he called. His name in us. At that time, he applied to call himself in name Yahuwah. Bingo. So we can see right here that the name of Yahuwah, Seth began to call himself by that name. And it was Seth's children that were known first as the first Benai Elohim on the earth. There's no reference to no angels. 
or no fallen angels. For he was not talking to the angels as we can see from the Rabbi Mashi, Rashi of the 10th century. He was not talking to the angels when he said let us. He was talking to the earth. There was no angels present. No evidence of no angels present. All of that is conjecture. We got to learn how to read the scripture as is. Don't add to it. Don't take away from it. For the law say you should not add on or take off to the law. And the words and the prophecies of these books and these writings. You got to take the scripture as is. You don't add to the book. You adding angels, you adding extra help that was never there from the beginning because the only help that the scripture had for Yahweh was the earth, which was the material substance in which Adam, man, was made. There was no angel, so he wasn't talking to the angels. So in Genesis 4.26, we see right here where Seth applied to call himself in name Yahuwah. Go to chapter 5, verse 1 in the Tanakh. It reads, this is the narrative of the generations of man. This is the narrative of the generations of Adam. On the day that the Elohim created Adam, in the likeness of the Elohim, he created him. Male and female, he created them, and he blessed them, and he named them Adam. He named them man. He named them Adam on the day they were created. Focusing on verse 1, where it says, on the day that God created man. In the likeness of God, he created him. In the likeness of the Elohim, he created him. Man is like the Elohim. And Adam's son, Seth, began to call himself in name, Yahuwah. For Adam was the first son of God. Seth, because the word Ben Elohim not only means son of God, but it means that which was made by God. That which was Ose, Neose. Remember Neose Adam. He said Ose, that which was made, that which was built. Benat Elohim, the word Benat Elohim also means the man that was built by God. Now you have the son of man, and then you have the, uh, Ben Adam, which is Cain, which is the son of man, and uh, uh, the wicked seed. And then you have the son of God, which was actually preserved for Abel. But since Abel passed, because Cain killed them. Seth was born. And it was in the days of Seth that he began to proclaim the application 
that he applied to proclaim, to call himself in name Yahuwah. As the stories unfold, as the stories unfold, as the stories unfold, you see in chapter 6, verse 1, it says, And it came to pass when men commenced to multiply upon the face of the earth, and daughters were born, born to them, that the sons of the nobles. Now notice here that this word Elohim has been translated as nobles. So notice how the translators of the Tanakh here in Kabbalah.org translated Elohim as the nobles. For in Hebrew it says, Wayirau benai ha Elohim, which means and they saw the sons of the nobles. So Wayirau benai Elohim means that the sons of the Elohim they saw at Benut, meaning they saw the daughters Ha'adam of Adam. Now we have right here, now it's starting to make sense. It's saying that, and, and, and the sons of Elohim, and the sons of the Elohim, and they saw, and he saw, the daughters of Adam. When they were beautifying themselves. And they took for themselves wives from whomever they chose. So when we look up Genesis chapter chapter 6, verse 2, when we look up the Rashi commentaries, it says that uh, the Benai Elohim, the sons, which is translated as the sons, he translated it as the sons of the princes and the judges. This is why... Right here, where it says the sons of the Elohim, you know, are uh, 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 is translated as the sons uh, uh, of the nobles, which is the sons of the princes and the judges. Another explanation he has here, Benai HaElohim are the princes who go as messengers of the omnipresent. They too mingled with them. He says, he goes on to read that every Elohim in scripture is an expression of authority. And the following proves it. Exodus 4.16 And ye shall be to him as a Lord, Elohim. And ye, and ye shall be to him as a Elohim. Exodus 4, 16. And I believe also in Exodus 7, 1, he says, See, I have made you a Elohim, a Lord. So Rashi further goes on to say, When they were beautifying themselves, in Hebrew, uh, Tobet, to beautify, uh, uh, said, Rabbi Juden, it is written Tobet, example, instead of 
to boot. Thus, it can be read tobet, meaning to beautify. When they would beautify her, adorned to enter the nuptial canopy, a noble would enter and have relations with her. And this is recorded in the Genesis Rabbi 26 and 5. And he further goes on to say, from whomever they chose, even a married woman, even males and animals, according to uh, uh, Genesis Rabbi Ad Locke. That's the Rashi commentary. But you can see here that he saw the sons of Elohim and the Nephilim that were produced of them as the nobles, the great men of old, the Elohim. Now let's do a compare and contrast between the Hebrew Tanakh and the King James Version, where it reads in Genesis, the fourth chapter in the 16th verse, it says, and he shall be thy spokesman unto thy people, and he shall be, even he shall be to thee instead of a mouth, and thou shalt be to him instead of God. Now I'd like to read that again in the 16th chapter, chapter 4 of Exodus. It reads, you shall speak to him, and you shall put your words into his mouth, and I will be with your mouth, and with his mouth, and I will instruct you both what you shall do. And he will speak for you to the people. And he will speak for you to the people. And it will be that he will be your speaker and you will be his leader. And that ties into the seventh chapter in the first verse where it says, The Lord said to Moses, See, I have made you a Lord over Pharaoh, and Aaron, your brother, will be your, mouth, your mouthpiece. Well, I notice here where it's important that you see in the Hebrew text where it says, The Lord said to Moses, where it says, Yahuwah, Wayilmah, Yahuwah, El Moshe Ra. And he said, Yahuwah to Moses, see. Natatik Elohim Lafaru. Natatik Elohim Lafaru. Which means that I have made you a Elohim to Pharaoh. The Most High said that he has made Moses an Elohim to Pharaoh. This is why it's important to read in Hebrew. So, not only are we Elohim, because Elohim does not always mean God the Father. It means if there's priests, judges, kings, and almost any person of significant power 
can be considered Elohim. Psalms 82.6 Ye are Elohim because ye are Benai Elion. Ye are gods because ye are the children and the sons of the Most High. Elion. Ye are gods is you are Elohim. You see, it's not common. It's not only common, excuse me. It's not only common for men to be seen and recognized as Benai Elohim. It is common that men is seen as the Elohim. And I'll tap into that a little bit later. I just happened to go over to this website and they got a blog up. It's called Hebrew dot it's on the site in small letters Hebrew dot Jerusalem prayer team all bunched together dot org Hebrew dot Jerusalem prayer team dot org and it reads Hebrew word of the day Shem Shemut which is the plural form of the word name and he goes on to read the important names in the Bible were not given in random as a story Excuse me, the important names in the Bible were not given in random, meaning they just wasn't given for nothing. As a story concerning each character unfolds, we learn how connected it is to the narrative, provided that we focus on the Hebrew name. English, Spanish, Greek, and Latin, along with other world languages, fall short in demonstrating Number one, how biblical name foreshadows the life events of each personality. And number two, the Hebrew name both mirrors and substantiate the uh, truthfulness of biblical events and prophecies. Although reading the Bible in English is also perceived by believers as reading truth, the immediate sense of substantiation substantiation as reflected in mere Hebrew name is missing from the non-Hebrew reading experience. This is just one reason why it is so important for every Bible follower to abstain some knowledge of Hebrew. Today word Shem means a name it is plural and it and it's plural is shemot excuse me it's singular and it's plural is shemot so shem is singular for name and, and plural is shemot shem however is also a name it is the name of noah's firstborn shem the people of israel are the descendants of the son of shem and therefore they are called Semites or Shemites or Semitic. The sons of Shem. Amongst this large family of descendants, we find Akkadians, Assyrians, Arameans, Phoenicians, Hebrews, Jews, Arabs, and their descendants. Despite this, when one hears the term anti-Semitic, it is obvious that the reference is to being anti-Jewish 
and not against any other of the Shemite nations. As such, the mere name Shem carries a heavy significance and burden that follows the Jewish people, and the Jewish and the Jewish nation, since its inception and to this very day. In Hebrew grammar, the word Shem means noun. There are several ways to introduce ourselves to others, some using Shem. Here are examples of David introducing, of David, of David, excuse me, introduces himself. Hashem Sheli David. My name is David. Hashem Sheli David. Shmi David. My name is David. Without using Shem, you can say Ani David. I am David. So Hashem Sheli David is my name is David. Or you can use the one that I prefer, Shemi David, uh, which means my name, Shemi, meaning my name, David. My name is David. To ask for a person's name, you would say, Mashimka. Mashimka. And that is asking for a male person's name. You would say, Mashimka. What's your name? Mashimka is what's your name. Speaking to a female, you would say Mashimek. Mashimek. Mashimka is what's your name for a man. Mashimek is what's your name for a woman. Notice Shim is Mashimka is like what name have you? Or what name you? Masculine. Because Ika suffix is masculine. It's a masculine suffix for you or your. So Mashimka or Mashimika, that's how I would say it in, the, in my Hebrew, in old ancient Hebrew, is Mashimika. So the, as the language evolves, they shorten words or contract the words. The original word is Mashimika and Mashimik, and it changed to Mashimka and Mashimik. Notice Shim in there, in the purpose of Shim. Aniyasha, Aniteri, Shimi Teri, Shimi Yasha, Hashim Sheli Teri, Hashim Sheli Yasha, my name is Yasha, Shimi Yasha. Notice the Shim. The difference between Shemi Yasha and Hashim Sheli Yasha is Shemi is my name is Yasha. The Shim Hashim Sheli means the name of me is Yasha. The name me Yasha. Hashim Sheli Yasha. Most important, I want to go to the Ancient Hebrew Research Center and by uh, Jeff A. Benner. And as he defines the word Shem, he is uh, one of the pioneers, if not the uh, founder of the Ancient Research, the Ancient Hebrew Research Center. 
Shem. We are not given much history of Shem or what type of person he was, but this name does provide us with a clue. Unlike our names, a Hebrew name was a word with meaning. This meaning was a reflection of the person himself and his character. The Hebrew word Shem is most often translated as name. And the name of Shem in English is name. The word Shem means more, much more than just the name. A related word in Hebrew is the word Neshima, meaning breath or to breathe. A related word in Hebrew to Shem is Neshima. You hear that? Shema. Nashimma. Nashimma. Meaning to breathe or breath. In the Hebrew mind, the breath is more than, than the exchange of air in the lungs. But was the seat of one's character. The seat of one's character. The word Shem is also used in the manner as seen in the passage below where the word fame is the Hebrew Shem. First Kings the fourth chapter in the 31st verse one have translated in the RSV version of the Bible for he it translates as for he was wiser than all other men wiser than Ethan the Ezraite and Heman Calcol and Darda, the son of Mahal. And his shim and his fame was in all the nations round about. And his shim and his fame or name was in all the nations round about. This is similar to our desire to have a good name. This has nothing to do with the actual name but the seat of the character of the one with the name. As Shem name means character, we can conclude that he was a man of character. And this is what we see in the story about him. Shem and his brother Japheth go backwards into the tent of his father with the robe to cover the nakedness of his father after it had been exposed by Ham. It should also be noted that the uncovered nakedness of the father is not the nakedness of the father, but is an idiom for sexual relations with the mother as mentioned in Leviticus 18 and 8. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your father's wife, it is your father's nakedness. It has always bothered me that Ham was the one who uncovered the nakedness of his father. But it was his son Canaan that was cursed for it. That is until I discovered that Canaan was the product of the union between Ham and his mother. This demonstrates how a simple reading of the text does not always reveal what the text is actually saying. Yeah, so the author of this is saying it always bothered him 
you know, uh, that, that Ham uncovered the nakedness of his father. But yet and still, his son Canaan was cursed for it. In reality, to uncover one's nakedness means to uh, 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 sleep with somebody's wife. So if he covered his father, uncovered his father's nakedness, he slept with his wife, and his son Canaan was the byproduct of that union, which was the reason why not Ham was cursed, but Canaan himself was cursed. And indeed he was. Being the son of a mother and son relationship is a cursed thing to be. So taking that all the way back to Genesis Birashit chapter 4. So to get an even more clearer understanding of where it says, and to self, also to him, a son was born, and he named him Enosh. So we got uh, at Hokul Lakora Basim Yahawah. So again, we got at Hukul Lakora Basim Yahawah, which means at that time he applied to call himself in the name, in the character of Yahweh. Bahasim, in the character, in the name, in the fame of Yahweh. Seth carried himself in the name of Yahweh. Seth carried himself in the fame of Yahweh. He carried himself in fame as Yahweh. So we can see here clearly that the Son of God, and even God himself, it was not uncommon for man to see himself as Elohim and call himself Elohim. And it's not uncommon for human beings to call themselves Benai Elohim. I have 31 scriptures that I want to reference to back this up. We go to Genesis, the sixth chapter, two through seven. And it reads that the sons of God saw that the daughters of men were beautiful and they took wives for themselves, whomever they chose. Then the Lord said, my spirit shall not always strive forever with men because he also is flesh. Nevertheless, his days shall be numbered 120 years. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days, and also afterwards, the sons of God came in to the daughters of men. The sons of Seth came in unto the daughters of Adam, and they bore them children. Those were the mighty men of old, the mighty men of renown, the men of renown, men of fame. Exodus 4, 22 through 23. Then you shall say to Pharaoh, Thus saith the Lord, Israel is my son, my firstborn. Israel is the son of the Lord. Israel is the son of Elohim. Israel is Benai Elohim, my firstborn. So I said to you, Let my son go that he may serve me. But you 
have refused to let him go. Behold, I will kill your son, your firstborn. 2 Samuel 7.14 I will be a father to him, and he will be a son to me. When he has committed iniquity, I will correct him with the rod of men and the strokes of the son of men. In Second Samuel 7.14, he said that I will be a father to him and he will be a son to me. First Chronicles 17.13, it reads, I will be a father and he shall be my son. I will not take my loving kindness away from him as I took it from him who was before you. First Chronicles 22.10 He shall build a house for my name, for my Shem, for Shemi. Shem. And he shall build a house for my character. And he shall be my son. And I will be his father. And I... So we talked about the sons of God, which were the sons of Seth in Genesis 6, uh, verse 2 through 7. And then we see in Exodus 4, 22 to 23, that he said, Israel is my son. And we see in 2 Samuel 7, 14, we see that he said, again, Israel is his son. For he said, I will be a father to him, to him. In, 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 in both uh, 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 2 Samuel 7.14 and 1 Chronicles 17.13, the he he is referring to is Israel. And in 1 Chronicles 22.10 where he say, He shall build a house for my name, and he shall be my son, and I will be his father. The he again is Israel. And I will establish the throne of his kingdom over Israel forever, forever. We are talking about Israel here. Israel and Israelites. That was 1 Chronicles 22.10. 1 Chronicles 28.6. He said to me, your son Solomon is the one who shall build my house and my courts. For I have chosen him to be a son to me. I will be a father to him. He's talking about Solomon here. Again, Israel, an Israelite. Job 1 and 6. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan came amongst them. He's talking about the children of Israel because the children of Israel had days where they came to present themselves before the Lord. And these days were called the Moad or the Moad, the, uh, 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 one day. One of those days singular would be the Moad. But if you're talking about all of them collectively, you're talking about the Moadim because we as Israelites don't have holidays. Okay, we don't call them holidays or, or, or holy days. We call them set-apart days, you know, the Moadim, the fixed days, the feast days, 
the days that the Most High has set apart and fixed for feasting and worship and prayer to gather ourselves before the face of the Lord. The same instance takes place again in Job 2.1. Again, there was a day when the sons of the Lord came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came amongst them to present himself before the Lord. The shaitan was the adversary. None of these entities were invisible spooks. The sons of God were not the invisible spooks, nor is the shaitan an invisible spook, and I'll do a video about that later in the future. You go to Job 38, 1 through 7, and the Lord answered Job, out of the whirlwind and said who is it that darkened that darkens counsel my words excuse me then the lord answered job out of the whirlwind and said who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge he said the lord asked job who is this to speak in dark dark counsel having words without knowledge now gird up your loins like a man and I will ask you and you instruct me here's Psalm 7 2 my favorite I will surely tell thee of the decree I will make thee this day a decree of the Lord he said to me, you are my son, today I have begotten you. He said, I will surely tell of the decree of the Lord, of the law, a decree. He said to me, ye are my son, today I have begotten you. Now, I like the King James Version better. The King James Version reads, I will declare a decree, meaning that I, God, the Elohim, Yahweh Elohim, I will declare a decree, meaning that I will make a law. The Lord has said unto me, the Elohim has said unto me, I will make a law. David will make a law that the Lord has said unto me, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. But if you start at verse 6, he said, yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. I would declare a decree. This is Yahweh talking. Yahweh said that he's going to make it a law. This is where it's important at. He said in Psalm 2, 7 that he will make it a law that the Lord uh, has said unto David, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. Have the Lord begotten David. David became the son of the Lord because that day the Lord made a decree. He made it a law. And you read Hosea 1 in the 10th verse. Yet the numbers of the sons of Israel will be like the sands of the seas, which cannot be measured or numbered. And in the place where it is said to them, ye are not my people, I will be, excuse me, it will be said to them, you are the sons of the living Elohim. Israel, okay, subject and predicate. Okay, every sentence have a subject and a predicate. You must learn how to read and apply the laws of grammar to the Bible. 
And he said again, I like it. I got to read again, Hosea 10 and 1. Yet the number of the sons of Israel shall be like the sands of the sea, which cannot be measured or numbered. And in the place where it is said to them, you are not my people, America, white European Israel, these are the people that are saying that you're not my people. And it will be said to them, ye are benign of the living Elohim. You are benign of the living Elohim. You are the sons of the Elohim. You are benign Elohim. Benaiah Elohim. Matthew 5, 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called benign Elohim, the sons of God. But love your enemies, Luke 6.35. And do good, lend, expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great. And ye will be sons of the Most High. You shall be benai el Elyon. For he himself is kind and ungrateful and evil men. So he himself is kind and two ungrateful and evil men, excuse me. Luke 20, 30 through 36, Jesus said to them, the sons of this age marry and are given to marriage. But those who are considered worthy to attain to the age and the resurrection from the dead, neither marry nor are given in marriage, for they cannot even die anymore because they are like angels. They are the sons of God being sons of the resurrection. Can't no angels be the Benai Elohim of the, of, the, of, of, of the Genesis because they can't be sons of the resurrected. They can't be sons of the resurrection. John the first chapter 12 through 13 but as many as receive him to them he gave the right to become the Benai Elohim, the sons and children of God. Even those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of Elohim. That's like the, the, uh, uh, the, the book in the Psalms. Psalms 82.6. Ye are Elohim, ye are God, because ye are the sons of God, the most high God, because ye are Benai El Elyon. Benai Elohim, Benai Elyon. John 11, 52. And not for the nation only, but in order that he might also gather together into one, the children of God, Benai Elohim, who are scattered abroad, which was none other than the children of Israel, us, the African Americans, who have been scattered throughout the four corners of the earth, scattered abroad. Romans 8, 12 through 25. So then, brethren, we are under obligation not to the flesh, to live, to live according to the flesh, but if ye are living according to the flesh, ye must die. But if by the Spirit ye are 
putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live for all who are being led by the Spirit of God. These are Benai Elohim. These are the sons of God. Roman 8. Excuse me, Roman 9, 6 through 8. But it is not as though the word of God has failed. For they are not all Israel who are descended from Israel. Nor are they all children because they are Adam's descendants. But through Isaac, your descendants will be named. Your descendants will be famous. Your your descendants will have, through you, Isaac, will be the seed of your character. That is, it is not the children of the flesh who are children of God, but the children of the promise through this, as regarded as the descendants of the children of Abraham. 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 18, do not be bound together with unbelievers, for what partnership have righteousness and, and, and lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? Or what harmony has Christ with Baal? Or Yahweh with Baal? Or what has a believer in common with an unbeliever? Or what agreement has the temple of God with idols for we are the temples of the living God just as God said we are the temples of God the sons of God the children of God Galatians 3 24 29 therefore the law has become our tutor to lead us to Christ so that we may be justified by faith but now that faith has come we are no longer under the tutor. You are the sons of God. You are benai El you are all benai Elohim faith in Jesus Christ. Now I say as long as the hire is a child, he does not differ at all from the slave, although he is the owner of everything, but he is under guardians and managers until the date set by the father so also while we were children were held in bondage under the elemental things of the world but when the fullness of the time come God sent forth his son born of a woman born under the law that he might redeem those who are under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons of God, benai Elohim, because ye are sons. God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, therefore you are no longer a slave, but a son. African-American, you are not no longer a slave of the Euro-Gentile, but you are benai Elohim, the sons of God. And if a son, then, and there through God, and if a son, then and hair through God, excuse me. However, at that time, when you did know, did not know God, you were slaves to those which by nature are not gods. 
Ephesians 1 and 5. He predestined us to adoption as sons through Christ Jesus himself according to the kind intention of his will. John 1, 3, 9 through 10. No one who is born of God practices sin because his seed abides in him. No one who is born of God, none of the children of God should practice sin because the seed of God abides in that man. And he cannot sin because he is born of Elohim. By this Benai Elohim, the children of Elohim and the children of evil of the devil are obvious. Anyone who does not practice righteousness is not of Elohim, nor the one who does not love his brother. John 1 5. First, excuse me, at 1 John 5, 1 and 2. Whoever believes in Jesus is the Christ. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And whoever loves the Father loves the, uh, 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 lo- loves the children born of him. Whoever loves the Father got to love the children of Israel. They got to love the saints of God. But by this, we know that we love the children of God, the Benai Elohim, the sons of God. And we love God and observe his commandments. Revelations 21 and 17. He who overcomes will inherit these things. And I will be his God and he will be my son. So we can see clearly that Adam was the first son of God. And so to the point, and we can see clearly why why the New Testament believers uh, uh, say that Jesus is the second Adam, the son of God, the second son of God, the son of God. But as we can see clearly throughout the scripture that being Adam, son of God, the first built, the uh, man that was built by the creator, the first Benai Elohim, the first son of God, the first one that was built, Benai Elohim, by the creator was Adam. And then Adam had two children. One was a righteous seed, one was a wicked seed. The righteous seed was killed by the wicked seed. And the Most High gave Adam and Eve another son by the name of Seth. And it was through Seth, at the time of Seth. It it was then, it was then in those days that Seth applied to call himself. So as we can see that Jesus Christ became the sons of Elohim, we see Israel, the sons of Elohim, we see Seth, the son of Elohim, we see Israel, singular, as son of Elohim. For Israel is my son, even my first begotten singular. As well as the Israelites again, I must say that because that's the most important. And Adam. 
I state that to say that none of the sons of God were the invisible spooks. None of them were these incorporeal entities. None of them were angels or fallen angels. No son of God has ever been called a son of angel or a fallen angel. These titles have all been applied to men. The whole idea of the angels as we can see applied by Rashi. Rashi was a Pharisee who believed in the resurrection, who was a, a, a participant and a practitioner of Pharisee and rabbinical Judaism. I myself, I practice the Benzodaki Judaism or Hebrewism. The sons of Zodak, the sons of Eleazar, the sons of Aaron, the Levitical priesthood. And we do not believe in the invisible spook. We do not believe in these incorporeal and non-corporeal spirits that, that you call devils, demons, lucifers, angels, and Satan, and demons. All of these are physical beings, and we will further prove that in further podcasts. This is Terry Whitfield for the Terry Whitfield Yashab in Israel podcast show, signing out for who are the sons of Elohim, who are the sons of God, and they today are none other than the children of Israel. Shalom.